Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive guide and spiritual teacher at karenhager.com or on Instagram, where I'm Fog City Psychic. So a lot of you probably know I live in southeastern Michigan, where spring is in full swing. And for me, that means lots and lots and lots of Kleenex. I grew up on the other side of the state in southwestern Michigan, and some of my earliest memories just as a little kid are around getting tested for allergies, and it turns out I'm allergic to just about everything that grows around here. They did that test where they number um, spots on your skin, and then they put allergens on those spots and wait to see which places blossom into itchy bumps. Well, just about every spot blossomed into an itchy bump for me. I had allergy shots when I was a kid that never seemed to do much good. I moved to California and found a bit of relief. But when our family came back to Michigan in 2009, that bumpy, itchy, sniffly cycle began again. So on today's show, we'll be looking at what what causes allergies. Is there anything we can do to break that cycle of itching and sneezing and sniffling and complaining, which is a part of allergies too? Chinese herbalist and wellness educator Ellen Goldsmith is here to share how nutrition, herbs, and acupuncture can help to bring some relief. So are you ready to meet her? Ellen Goldsmith is a nationally board-certified licensed acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist, an educator, a health and wellness consultant, and she's the author of the book, Nutritional Healing with Chinese Medicine, 175 Recipes for Optimal Health. She's the co-founder of Pearl Natural Health in Portland, Oregon. Ellen speaks frequently on the value of understanding food as medicine from a Chinese medicine point of view at conferences and schools, and her consulting and Chinese medicine practice is based in Portland, Oregon. You can find out more about Ellen and all her work at pearlnaturalhealth.com. Ellen, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for that lovely introduction. And oh, I'm so sorry you've been suffering from allergies for such a long time. <laughs> and I am a person of maturity, I would just say. I am not a child anymore, <laughs> a real yeah. grown up. So I feel like when we get over the age of 50, we count as real adults. Anything before that, I don't know, you're still learning, right? Once you yeah. go over the line, you're a real adult. I'm a real adult, Ellen. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering your, I'd love your take on what allergies are what what are they really not just we talk about them like it's a collection of symptoms but what are allergies well allergies are are a result of the body um kind of reacting to a substance that is not inherently harmful but it's the body's response to dander to pollen to grasses etc that's, that, that is uh, recognized almost as an, an external and outside invader. So it, it, the body responds by trying to get it out of the body and that's through mucus. Mucus, so that's why you've got that runny nose, those itchy eyes. The fluids actually are trying to bring out this inflammatory substance that the body does not like. The, the thing here is though that why do some people get allergies and some people don't? Right? Why? A, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, some of our constitutions are just more inherently sensitive. Our immune system is, is overactive. That's why sometimes 
children who have allergies can grow out of those allergies as they get older because the immune system starts to calm down. I'm saying like that's over the, the over 50, the adult phase as you yeah. described <laughs> it, right? Um, yeah, so that's that's one, one big thing here. Um, but when, from a Chinese medicine perspective, uh, we look at the internal terrain of a body. What's going on inside that is making the body so reactive to an, a non-dangerous substance such as grass, right? And so our immune systems can take in so much. Just um, inherently in modern the modern world, we are assaulted with over 83,000 toxic chemicals per week. So we're, you know, we're processing a lot of stuff. The foods that we eat, if we're not eating uh, mostly organic or transitional uh, foods that are not used with pesticides, herbicides, or fungicides, you know, those also have an impact on our immune system. Our immune system has to mitigate, has to negotiate with these things. So from our perspective, it's not, it's what we eat and it's how we digest and transform and absorb substances. So our approach is, my approach is start with food. And so, go ahead. I'm just sorry, I'm getting excited because <laughs> maybe I won't have allergies anymore. Um, so are you're talking about food that puts less stress on the immune system or is it food that calms that reactivity? Very good, Karen. A little <laughs> bit of both. There are, you could put foods into two categories just to simplify things. You have inflammatory foods, which is a pretty standard American way of eating, you know, hamburgers, French fries, hot dogs, uh, processed foods, potato chips, white bread. Um, you know, these kinds of foods that create an inflammatory response in the body or foods that are anti-inflammatory. And these are the foods you find on the periphery of your supermarket. They're called fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, beans, nuts and seeds, uh, well-raised uh, animal foods, whether it be meat or fish, uh, organic eggs, some, you know, and, and there are some that are bigger triggers than other. Like I'm not putting dairy into the category of whole foods because a lot of people have sensitivity to dairy. Uh, they may not be outright allergic to it where they get hives or any kind of anaphylactic kind of response to it where the body really shuts down and it's a dangerous state. Um, but, you know, if you eat a food and you start blowing your nose or you start feeling congested, or you have more mucus in your throat and you're starting to clear your throat a lot, or your stomach doesn't really quite feel right, or you get bloated, you might be sensitive to those foods. And that's a type of allergen or an irritant in the body that can cause inflammation. And all disease has an inflammatory aspect to it. So we wanna replace those inflammatory foods with anti-inflammatory foods. We wanna see what foods perhaps are the triggers for your allergies? Like my husband, he would get allergies in the summer. And if he ate a lot of fruit, now fruit is a wonderful thing to eat. But if he ate a lot of fruit, he would start blowing his nose, his eyes would itch. He'd have tons of mucus. So that's really interesting. For me, when I was a kid, I was super allergic. I had hay fever. I lived in New York. I had hay fever. I was allergic to cats. We had cats. 
It was a mess. And then in my 20s, I gave up dairy and my allergies went away. So, you know, we have to look at it. You know, Chinese medicine is a very personalized medicine. So we look at every individual and we try to, we're like detectives trying to figure out what is the key to improve someone's condition. So I think of Chinese medicine as looking at not just the physicality of the person, the, the structure of the person, but also at the way that energy flows in the body. And as you're talking to me about allergies and that inflammatory response and the way the fluid comes in to try to bring this stuff out of the body as we try to process it, I'm wondering what's happening energetically when we are in the in the throes of, I guess, an, an allergy attack. How does that change the, the energy that we're running? Well, like you said in your introduction, you know, people complain a lot. People aren't happy. You know, the energy is all messed up in the body because, you, you know, there's not a sense of flow. You can't perform your daily activities. You can't think straight. You know, sometimes with allergies, people get foggy in their head and they they just they just don't want to deal with the day to day of life, let alone things that, you know, dreams and things that you're trying to make happen. So I like to, I you know, Chinese medicine is very esoteric and it's very deep and it has a very deep spiritual component to it. And it's also very practical. You know, we know when we feel good and that's when our energy is flowing. That's when we have a sense of flow and ease. And when there is not ease in the body and not flow, it's very hard to function. So I'm kind of taking what your question and I'm just bringing a little practical bent to it because I think we all want to be able to function and feel at ease in our own bodies. And so we can do that by lightening the load, the, the foods and substances that, that trigger us. And it sounds like there might be energetic shifts available as well. Whether we do that through acupuncture, we do that through mindset. Is that, am I understanding you? Yes. I mean, I've, you know, I've treated thousands of people and people with, I treat people with acupuncture, herbs, and food. And acupuncture, the, the goal, the ultimate goal of acupuncture is that there's a balance of what we call in Chinese medicine, yin and yang, uh, and flow, the flow of qi, the uh, ease in the body. The body can't heal unless there has, is a sense of ease and relaxation. So acupuncture can re relieve inflammatory responses. It can take the stress off of a system. And, you know, when you don't feel well, it's like, you, you know, you kind of, what is it, the chicken or the egg? What came first? You know, when you don't feel well, there's an added stress. And then that stress has an uh, ill effect on the immune system, which then makes you feel, you know, that the immune system gets more or overactive and or your disease gets worse. So all things are treated uh, from a baseline of how can we promote the easy flow of what we call chi and blood or yin and yang in the body so that a person can feel at ease and the body can reset itself because inherently it's about the body's capacity to heal itself. It may not be cure, but it may be healing. <laughs> They're two different things. Do you believe that each, each one of us individually has a, a, a point, an individual point at which we are balanced 
and in optimal health? Or are we always kind of reaching for that and adjusting? Well, health is a dynamic place. It is not a static place. So it is a constant readjustment. But, you know, our bodies are brilliant and we have the capacity to readjust constantly. But if you can readjust, if you look at it like a seesaw and, you know, so you're not sitting at the ends of the seesaw kind of having to readjust using a lot of energy and force, you're more closer to the fulcrum mm. so that, that that natural readjustment um, is not, it doesn't require so much energy. That's why you want to eat food that is anti-inflammatory, that because it, it's closer to the center of the fulcrum. It's easier for the body to take it in. It's easier for the body to digest and transform and then ultimately absorb nourishment and then ultimately circulate that nourishment through our body so that our brains are nourished, our heart is nourished. You know, we say in Chinese medicine, if you have good digestion, if your chi is good, then your mind and your spirit are clear. You know, but if your body is not well, it's really hard to feel clear in your mind and your heart and your spirit, right? So, yes, that's true. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of practical things that can get you to um, that place that you want to get to. And uh, the way I think about food is, is, again, you know, again, that anti-inflammatory aspect, but also there are certain foods, there are certain herbs, et cetera, that can be beneficial when you're suffering from allergies. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Ellen Goldsmith. She's the author of Nutritional Healing with Chinese Medicine, and you can find out more about Ellen and her work at pearlnaturalhealth.com. So, Ellen, what are some of those specific herbs and food that we might be able to to start to bring into our bring into our diet. Sometimes when we talk about allergies, people then imagine the elimination diet where, mm -hmm. right, they take everything away and you get mm. like a grain of sand and you sit with the grain and then you can add in <laughs> two grains of sand and then an apple, right? Um, what are some of the things we could gradually begin to, to take in that may help reverse that cycle of allergy? That's a great question. And, you know, it's like um, kind of compared to a closet here you know if you're buying a whole new wardrobe and you have all these old clothes in your closet you better take some of those old clothes out so you can bring the new things in and <laughs> you know you can find them yes right? <laughs> and enjoy them so it's like you don't want to add medicinal herbs on top of a lousy diet that keeps that kind of underlying you know inflammation going so first you always have to remove those obstacles to cure and you don't have to be reduced to a grain of sand. I mean, I love food and I eat an anti-inflammatory diet and I do not feel deprived. I feel enriched. I feel nourished. I love to eat, you know? So, but you do want to take those things out. And, you know, sometimes the simplest things, like if you could change your allergies with food, you go, wow, that was simple. Hmm. It can be the hardest thing because you're changing your food, you know, yes. you're changing your habits, you're changing your preferences, you're changing, you know, your teaching and your cultural upbringing. Well, not, you don't have to change your cultural upbringing, but you're, you, because every culture has anti-inflammatory foods and delicious things to eat. But, you know, it's a big thing to change our habits. So, 
you have to first have mercy on yourself. And I always like to say, just pick one or two things and start to see. You know, again, like I said, dairy is a big trigger for people. Wheat is a huge trigger for people. Um, sugar is a huge tr trigger for people. Alcohol is a tr huge trigger for people. Um, and then you get into other things like um, it can be chocolate. It can be uh, citrus fruit foods. Um, you know, it can be a lot of different things. But those big ones are, you know, wheat, dairy, uh, sugar, alcohol. Those are really the big ones for people. So if you can kind of pull, see what thing you're eating the most of and try to pull that out. And then add in dark leafy greens, which have lots of minerals, are detoxifying, cleansing. They help our gut. They help our elimination. In my book, I have a whole bunch of recipes that can be super helpful for allergies. Nettles, which, are, um, which grow in early spring, uh, stinging nettles. If you want to pick them, you've got to wear gloves. Um, huh. And you can find them a lot in fields all over uh, temperate climates. But you can get also, you can buy nettles, you can buy dried nettles in tea bags, you can get them in bulk in an herb store. And nettles are a natural antihistamine. They are a blood cleanser, they're good for the liver. And so people can drink a cup of nettles tea every day and or a couple of times a day, and that can help with easing of allergies. I have a recipe in my book where I use dried spring nettles with chrysanthemum. Chinese chrysanthemum, which again, you can get like in an herb store. Um, sometimes you can find them in Asian grocery stores, chrysanthemum tea. Chrysanthemum is, a, again, it's a, an herb that helps to clear heat. It's good for the eyes. It soothes inflammation. It's good for the liver. And then I add in some rosebuds, which are also very soothing. They're nerving and it's a lovely that kind of you get that fragrance, you get that kind of floral thing, but it the herbs that are being used are really good for uh, for allergies and calming them down. Eating spring greens are really good for allergies, like asparagus is very good. It helps to clear heat. You know, you, whenever you have inflammation, you have heat. You mm. may not have a fever, but it, it it's a kind of irritated, hot kind of condition that we have. Artichokes are very good. We use artichoke uh, in Western herbal medicine. We'll take an artichoke extract, uh, silymarin, very good again for the liver, for cleansing, for allergies. Um, but all spring greens are great. So I just say, you know, if you can get spring dark leafy greens into your diet every day, like twice a day, you're doing great. Um, these are just some simple things that you can do. Or if you go to your acupuncturist or your, your naturopathic physician or your holistic um, medical doctor, you know, they might prescribe an herbal formula that can also be quite beneficial or um, quercetin, which is a very good for, it's a bioflavonoid that is, it has an antihistamine effect as well. Ah, so there's lots of things that we can do that don't sound difficult. Cause I was waiting for the part where you said only have stinging nettles, no other food for 30 days, and then <laughs> add in chrysanthemum. What I'm hearing you say is that this is like looking at a well-rounded diet that's mm -hmm. compassionate to the system, 
Mm -hmm. and that's tailored to what the individual person responds to, right? Those lovely anti-inflammatory fruits you were sharing are difficult for your husband. I know my sister, when she eats cherries, there was a horrible incident in our childhood. I'm, we're probably over it. My mom had asked us to um, have a picture taken, me and my sister. We had an appointment with a photographer. This was in the old days. You actually went to see the photographer at the mm -hmm. photographer's studio. My sister and I stayed up late at night eating ice cream with cherries on it. When mm -hmm. we woke up in the morning, my sister's eye had swollen shut. <laughs> mm, yeah. Creating anger, right? So sometimes fruit can make you miss your appointment with the photographer um, and mess up your whole family dynamic. Yeah. But it's you're talking about things that are compassionate to the system. My sister knows now that while cherries are wonderful, they're not wonderful for her. So there's a self-knowledge thing. Yeah. I mean, it's really important that way. You know, when I work with, with people, with clients, whether virtually or in person, you know, it's really about getting, increasing your capacity, cultivating your capacity to connect to your own body, to listen to your body, to understand its needs, and to have tools so that you can nourish it. And recognizing everybody's different. Like you said, you know, your sister, cherries are great. Now, cherries are not a huge allergen, but for your sister, they are. Yes, they are. You know, so we have to kind of, we have to face reality. You know what I'm saying? Our own reality. Like, that may be fine for somebody else, but it may not be right for us. Or something that we could eat a long time ago and we were good with, we may not be good with now. And that's maybe sad. We have to grieve and our loss of that, you know, that joy. But we, there's plenty out there that we can do and enjoy that can benefit us. So, you know, it's a very, Chinese medicine is very personalized medicine. We say there's one disease, 10,000 cures because everyone is different. So we have to approach everybody different. And we do that through a whole um, trove of skills and things that we've learned of diagnosis to kind of understand what the balance of what we say, again, yin and yang, qi and blood is. And um, again, I can't explain that to everybody right now in full force, but it is a different language, but it, it has similar results. It, it can dovetail, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can still see your allergist if you have really severe allergies and see an acupuncturist and get acupuncture and herbs so that maybe the reduction of your medication can happen as you change the way you eat, as you change your system. Your body's constantly changing. I was going to ask you what you thought of pharmaceutical um, tools. It sounds like you're okay with them. You know... A doctor once told me years ago, he said, everyone has a different tolerance. Some people cannot tolerate um, a, a discomfort. And so, or they're afraid. And so they, they feel comfortable with medication. Um, I mean, the goal is always, you want to reduce the amount of medication that you might need so to speak, like if you're taking Claritin every day, that's not the most ideal thing. So what if you could change your diet and your symptoms could be reduced? What if you could take a substance like a bioflavonoid, which comes from the leaves of um, berry plants and your symptoms could be reduced? Wow, wouldn't that be lovely? And then in a really bad case, you know, let's say you, you really have a bad allergy, you take a Zyrtec or a Claritin once in a while, 
That's okay. I mean, there are some cases where, you know, medication might be really called for in a serious case, you know, your life is in danger. I mean, you, if you have a, an allergy to shellfish, you definitely want to have an EpiPen with you, right. you know, you know, so my, my approach is like, we have to live in, we have to live in a world that has a lot of dimensions to it. And so we have to see, can we kind of steward our own bodies in a way that we're the healthiest we can be? And then if we need something, a pharmaceutical, you know, maybe we don't need as much, right? I'm, this is coming across very compassionate and measured and intuitive, just as I listen to you, because it's about that, not just the individuality, but also our ability to feel into how what worked for us once might not work now, right? So we're feeling into the body's ability to change. And I'm just putting that together with that idea that I hold about allergies as being reactive. And what you're talking about here is the opposite of reactive, right? It's it's responsive. It responds to what works well for the body. It responds what to what works well with the flow of energy in the body. So right. mm -hmm. I'm digging this. Yeah. yeah, but you know, Karen, you know, our culture, we don't really learn about listening to our bodies, to our feelings, to, you know, we don't, that's not a skill we're taught when we're yeah. young, unless we have, you know, parents or caregivers or wonderful educators or teachers that help us you know it, it's not something we're born with it's something we learn and so it's a skill just like cooking is not a skill we're born with we learn how to cook you know and it's a doable skill in my book I really break it down like you know when you're in that kitchen there are certain things you can do to help yourself learn how to cook and enjoy it I mean we're all experts in eating right so <laughs> You know, and we, most people like to enjoy their food. So, wow, cooking is a great way to get the kind of food you like to eat, right? Um, and and we grow and we change and, and we learn and our needs change as we develop. I mean, what the foods you need in your 20s is not the foods that you'll necessarily need in your 60s, you know? You, you know, our needs change. So if we can learn how to listen and adjust, um, I think we have a better chance of better health. And that's why in my book, I, I broke down all the recipes into seasons because that's a really nice, simple way to learn how to care for yourself and how to nourish yourself and being in tune with your external environment called a season, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So how can listeners pick up the book, connect with you, find out more about what you're doing. Well, you can always find me, like like you said earlier, on my website, pearlnaturalhealth.com and on Instagram, Goldsmith Ellen, Facebook at Nutritional Healing with Chinese Medicine. My book, Nutritional Healing with Chinese Medicine, is in a lot of bookstores. Um, it's, of course, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, um, bookshop.org. You can always get it through. I love to support independent bookstores. So yeah. if you can get a book through an independent bookstore, that's a, a great way. And so on my website, you can contact me. There's a contact page and I'm, I see people virtually and do consults around food and I speak with organizations. So I love to hear from people. 
The book has 175 recipes for every type of eater, eater whether you're a vegan or a meat eater or a fish eater. Um, there are recipes with common herbs, with Chinese herbs. And um, I really hope that people get to uh, make those changes that make them feel better. Thank you so much for talking with us, Ellen. This has really been fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Karen. I've been talking with Ellen Goldsmith. She's the author of Nutritional Healing with Chinese Medicine, and you can find out more at pearlnaturalhealth.com. And of course, you are always welcome at karenhager.com. That's a great place to catch up with the podcast, find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me there if that feels aligned. And if you join the fun on Instagram, you'll get more out of the fog content, jigsaw puzzle photos, and the occasional photo of Maisie the dog. I had been hoping that Maisie would turn out to be kind of like a an internet bon vivant, but honestly, her true nature is more about napping and sniffing things, and I'm cool with that, so you won't see pictures of Maisie like dressed up in costumes or anything. It's mostly pictures of Maisie napping, and that's good enough for me. So on Instagram, I'm Fog City Psychic if you want to see my sleeping dog or the jigsaw puzzles I'm working on. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.